I'm gonna take one, baby. Welcome back. Welcome back to uh, Take One Podcast, baby. Boom, boom, boom. We are back, and I hope you heard last week's uh, session on grief, and uh, we're going to continue on with that uh, topic today. And as we said last week, we believe it's relevant because the church has ignored it um, on so many levels and spiritualized it. Uh, and really minimized um, the whole reality of grief and the fact that uh, though we have a great hope and though we have the very spirit of Christ within us, um, our bodies, our minds, our spirits, our emotions were not meant to uh, to experience loss and death. Uh, that is a result of the curse. Um, and yet God is present in our grief and uh, we don't need to fear um, so we're hoping that we'll help some of you um, as you're dealing with your own grief or uh, as you just take mental notes because nobody gets through this life without uh, the reality of death of close friends or loved ones. And I uh, wouldn't, wouldn't want to wish that on anybody, but uh, it's just reality. So, uh, so yeah, so we have uh, Adriana, Artez, Sergi, and we've got our guest with us, Jackie Gatliff, who has a ton of experience with grief counseling and, um, and was such a blessing last week. Uh, but where we want to go today, we want to get a bit more personal and uh, share our own stories Ooh. of grief. And I know <laughs> Sergi's looking forward to that. Um, and I'll just, I'll begin. I did mention some of it last week, but um, probably the biggest, most shocking death in my own family was my brother's death because he took his own life uh, about 16 years ago the day after Christmas and I remember I had our whole family uh, daughters and one son-in-law at that point uh, and we had just experienced one of the most magical Christmases you know we've ever had and that next morning, kind of like you said last week, Artez, I could drive you to the Best Buy parking lot and the parking space I was in. Our whole family was in Best Buy, and I just said, I'll stay in the car. And I was just sitting there thinking about the day before and how incredible it was. And I, my cell phone rings, and a voice tells me, my brother just committed suicide. Hmm. And it was like I couldn't even register it. And my, my first... Uh, response was who is this and it was my stepfather and I, I just couldn't even you know so that led to uh, us packing up the car that night driving 18 hours back to uh, West Memphis and Memphis um, for the funeral and getting back and you know and one big thing that hit me and this was the first time I really grappled with the reality of grief was every time my cell phone would ring, mm -hmm. my body would mm -hmm. respond. Yeah. And I, I thought I was going yep. crazy. Yeah. Uh, and so I called a good friend of mine who's a counselor. I said, man, I think I'm losing it. And he said, no, you, you're not losing it. Um, your body, you basically have PTSD, mm -hmm. and your body is identifying that ring of your cell phone with that trauma. Yeah. And you're literally reliving it. And he walked me through, you know, so what you have to do is you have to, number one, acknowledge it. 
And number two, just talk yourself down. This does not mean somebody's died, you know. And it was incredible how just those simple little steps really helped me through that process. Um, so, yeah. I'm going to share a brief because last week I uh, talked about my sister. Um, but, Richard, to your point, I remember the time that my mother, she called me four or five different times and something woke me out of my sleep. Mm. And I, I remember looking at the phone. It was around 3.30. And to this day, right, I still wake up probably four out of seven days a, a week. I still wake up at 3.30 in, wow. the middle of the, in the middle of the night. And that's been how many years? It's been 14 years. Wow. And there's still something wow. in me. Right. I don't want to look at my phone. You know, um, wow! Because of that bad news that I received yeah. 14 years ago. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. Um, and Sergi, uh, you know, we've we've all kind of talked about how we're we're looking forward to this podcast and uh, regretting or you know not looking forward to it. But you have a different experience um, in that your loss was really early for you as a child. So why don't you jump into that? Yeah. Um, um, my father, my dad passed away when I was seven, and we was driving as a family to church, um, three, Bill Morris Parkway, 385, going to Carville. Wow. Um, right before the Houston Levy um, exit, and he wasn't speeding. We were singing gospel music, mm. and um, the, right the, the front right tire blew, and um, as he went to pull over, the car flipped. Um, the car flew five times, and um, he didn't have his seatbelt on, so he was ejected from the car. Mm. And so I'm seven, the car stopped, um, super dramatic, traumatic scene. And I, because of the c condition I was in, they they helicoptered me to, to the Bonner. So wow. I'm by myself um, wow. all Sunday. And my uncle, who was my dad's little brother, who's like, he's like my second dad, been like my second dad my whole life, uh, Uncle Eric, he stayed with me like my entire time in the hospital, didn't leave my side. But I, I remember my, my mom finally coming to visit me in the hospital when she got released. And um, I was like, hey, mom, um, how's dad? Oh, man. And, you know, mom, I remember her smile. She looked at me with like that silent nod, like, He's good. He's good. And she left. Um, wow. And when I was released from the hospital, um, we didn't go to my house. We went to my auntie's house, which I thought was weird. Mm. Um, but my entire family was at my auntie's house. And my mom put me in a back room. And she said, your dad was hurt very badly. Mm. And I was kind of like, OK. Um, he's OK, though, right? right. He's just going to be in the hospital a little longer. And she didn't have, I almost had the courage. She, she just didn't have it in herself then to tell me. Right. So I went upstairs in my cousin's room thinking just, you know, I'm at the hospital, you know, right. time to play, have fun. And my all of my uncles gathered around me and mm. they, you know, told me those those words, you're, you're dead, it's dead. Wow. And something as I think about even how I respond to grief now I think stems from this point because they my uncles told me my dad died and immediately they was like let him play the game like 
like mm-hmm. like Philip, give him the controller, let him play. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. And it's like instead of sitting in that, mm. instead of hugging me, instead of yeah. allowing me to break down, right? They was like, play the game, like, man, I must be happy. From that to a video game. From that yeah. to a video oh, game, and I remember holding the controller like, what is this? Right. And I think even now, as I kind of process that, it's so much in me still. It's kind of like, oh, you said. Right. Let's find that thing to get you out of this. Right. Let's just watch a movie. Let's just right. um, do this, do that. And I, and I think for me, the biggest and probably hardest thing about grief is kind of what you both said, I mean, especially you, Artez. Like, I really relate with um, my first football game when I started starting in, mm. in high school. And, you know, everybody cheering for me and my mom cheering for me. And I got all this amazing support. And it's still like my dad is supposed to be standing beside my mom. Right. He's yeah. supposed to be the, the, the proudest of me. Right. Yeah. And, and I think my whole life I've always kind of had that, man, Sergi, we so proud of you. My mom has always been, I'm so proud of you, blah, blah, blah. But it's still always that emptiness of, wow. I need my dad to say that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, when my when Jay was walking down the aisle mm. um, and I started I ain't weak, you know, I kind of held it together, you know, mm-hmm. but, but a tear did come out That's as my right beautiful now. bride was walking down the aisle. <laughs> right and it was just like, man, my, you know, it's such an emotional moment. Mm-hmm. And I just glanced over at my mom and it's like, it's the empty chair again. Oh man. And so it's just that ongoing, mm. even in the high, high parts of life, you still grieve. Oh yeah. Because that person isn't here. Right. Um, so it's, I think I've learned more to embrace like the good. Like I am celebrating right now. My son is born. Right. But I am gonna take a second to be sad. Right. And because my dad can't meet his grandson. Yeah. That's right. You know, so yeah. mm. wow. Wow. Um yeah. Well, Adriana, uh, if you're Let's not keep your it heels going. by now, man. Let's keep it going. Oh, man. My goodness. We Hold on. If you guys are driving and feel a little emotional, it's okay to pull over. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Maybe not to a bar. Uh, yeah, not be come to the office. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think I've been quiet because I've been processing my own grief and trying to figure out who I should talk about yeah, that I've lost. Because yeah. um, mm. my family, we've seen a lot of loss. Um wow. So, of course, lost my grandmother, my grandfather. Um, so my mom was one of five, lost an aunt and an uncle. Wow. Um, lost my father. So it's like, I don't know who to pick. Right. Um, I think one of the, the biggest uh, first memories of grief I have is losing my grandfather. Because um, my father was not uh, present right. in my life. And we moved in with my grandparents when I was four. Mm. And we lived with them until I was in the fourth grade. Um, And so my grandfather was very much a father, you know. Um, And I remember, like, uh, at four, being annoyed that I couldn't read. Like, my Mm. sister would be reading billboards and I'd just be sitting there. And I'm like, I want to know how to read. (laughs) And um, my grandfather was actually legally blind, but he taught me how to read. So he was, like, this amazing man. He would, like, fix cars by touch. (laughs) <laughs> and like he couldn't see wow. um he couldn't see like 
figures, but he could tell like white from black. So he had these like white note cards where he would write with black marker, like cat <laughs> hats, you know. Um, and we spent a lot of time together. Um, especially like four, four and five, um, I was going to school like a half a day. Yeah. So we spent the whole morning together. So as early as I got up, we watched Scooby-Doo. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he would walk me with our dog to the bus stop. Wow. Um, and he caught cancer. And so um, he came back home for hospice. So he was in the room next to ours. <laughs> you wow. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like I fed him his last like thing that he ate was Jello. Oh, like I was the only goodness. one that could get him to eat. Oh. And so when he passed away, that was like my first... Mm. And I feel like I still feel it now. Like, oh, yeah, I know you do. It was rough. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, my experience with grief is, like, my mom worked. Mm. Like, when he passed away, she did not process it. She just worked, 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 worked. She was like, she yeah. didn't take a day off work. <laughs> wow. And then when wow. it was time to plan the um, funeral, she was the head. My mom is the youngest, mind you. Um, and so I think growing up, and, you know, no no shade to my mother no, um, at no, all, no. but I think that was my first experience with grief. And so seeing her and the way she processed grief is the way I grew up right. processing grief. So um, when my grandmother passed my freshman year of school, then my Aunt Precious passed the next year. Mm. Um, and then my father passed the next year after that. My goodness. I just kept on going in the books, man. I'm like, listen, straight A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whatever I need to do. So I just went hard in college. Wow. Okay, I'm going to go to grad school. You know, so I think my response was kind of what I grew up seeing. And I think the fact that I can still feel the grief of my grandfather as a 33-year-old woman, right, right. <laughs> kind of shows what we were talking about earlier. It's like it's not linear. It's not a thing no. where it's like it's been all these years, and, right. you know, I can think about my grandfather and, like, be fine. It's like, no. Right, right, No, right. like, I still feel it, you know, to this day yeah. wow. from something that happened in the fourth grade. What's his yeah. name? Uh, Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Yeah, Roosevelt. so my, my middle name is a mix between his name and my grandmother's name, Roselle. Uh, okay. They, they weren't going to give me Roosevelt. <laughs> I got Roselle. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, Jackie, help us. Oh, where, yeah, where do we go? What do we do? I wish I could show the notes I've been taking as oh, you've been talking. That's good. You know, you know, a couple of themes here that each story is different but mm -hmm. similar. That's right. You know, Artes, when you said that um, the waking up at 3.30, um, it's not unique. I mean, studies have shown that people in grief, there's something about 3.30 that people are waking up, wow. you know? And I'm not really sure what that's about, but like people will say, I said, well, yeah, that's kind of part of the deal. And so it's, it's just kind of a unique thing that happens with our bodies as we're resting, but then we're, we're resting, but not really. You know, mm. then we're awake and um, wow. sometimes people go back to sleep, sometimes they don't, yeah. you know, um, that kind of thing. But, you know, what, you know, being believers, you know, now being old enough to have lived with Jesus for quite a, a long time, you know, even all of you just, there's a moment where you just think about, you know, okay, now I know who Jesus is, but he, Jesus hasn't changed from when I was a seven-year-old boy. When you were talking, 
Sergi, I was thinking, okay, where was Jesus in that hospital room with right, you? Right, right. You know, and so there's something about your, just in terms of understanding your own grief, kind of kind of reimagining that. Like, okay, I was a little boy in this room, you know, by myself. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't by myself. Mm-hmm. And as a wow. man of faith, I, I can say, oh, Okay, and so so it's like you go back with those memories and you're thinking about it, you know. And all of us, you know, it's like th- there's a before and an after moment. You know, Richard, I'm imagining you sitting in the parking lot. Oh, my gosh. And then everybody's d- doing the day after Christmas sales right. and you're getting this phone. Life changed in, a, in an instant I mean, for an you. Instant. Yeah. Like, and, but every one of you, when you got that call, when you were told yeah. that there's, there's the, the, the before and there's the mm-hmm. after, you know, and when I think about when I, when I mentioned Gretchen, you know, in last week's, um, you know, she had a uh, hospice cancer death, mm-hmm. you know, so so that's one of those things. And this is always funny in hospice where, you know, when people die in hospice and you're still surprised, well, they mm-hmm. were in hospice. I mean, what, right, what did you right. expect? Right. Well, because no one, no one ever dies when or how you think they will. That's right. And that's so right. I actually knew that she was, and we use a funny term in hospice called that they're now actively dying. Where the, you know it's the, things are happening, and we know this this is a person, and I knew that was happening for. And I remember the phone rang. Now let me also say this: those years, it was three years with her. I felt very alive with God, tracking with her in this yeah. in this whole thing. I mean, I was alive. God was doing amazing things. Right. And I remember the phone rang, and, and my husband Mike looked at me, and I thought, "Let me get it. I know what it is." Mm-hmm. And I went over there, and I know exactly the chair I was sitting in, you know, in Northville, Michigan, that, that, you know, in the living room. And I took the, you know, took the call. And something internally happened where all of a sudden God went silent. Mm. It's just like that part was done now. But I also knew, okay, this is now going to be a new thing. Yeah. You know, it's like that's done. Right. Okay, now let's see where this is going to go. You know, and um, he wasn't silent. He felt silent. Mm. But, I mean, each of you can say that when you got that news, you know, it's like, okay, it was the before and after, and that God is different for you mm-hmm. from that moment. Yeah. There's, a, there's a different mm-hmm. experience of that. We all have the stories of the adults that didn't communicate with us. Right. You know, and I'm just thinking of your mom. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of the, of the uncles. Nobody communicated with them. Right, yeah. that's right. I mean, they're just yeah. doing what, mm-hmm. what they did. And so that is, in fact, where that is now our opportunity. Right. I'm not going to call it generational curse, but it is the opportunity as believers that we're saying, okay, this is how we're going to do it. Yeah. You know, and, you know, that's where we're, you know, um, I get the sense, Sergi, that you, that you tell that story. I mean, people know that story for you. Keep telling that story. Yeah. Just keep telling you know, Artes, you know, tell that story of the brother that sat there with his arm around you for two hours. Yeah. You know, we were talking earlier last week about what do we say? Nothing. We sit there and we're present. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes I tell people, I have no words. Mm-hmm. But here I am. Yeah. You, you know, just that kind of thing. You know, and just. Well, and you say, I mean, that's so interesting. That that's, it feels like God's not there, but he is there. Yeah. Just like a friend should be there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Wow. And you're going to learn Man. to hear him and experience him in a new way because wow. now you do know something about God that you may not really like. That's like, right. why is this happening? Why? 
I mean, wait a church, a tire blows. Come on. Right. That, that's not how it goes. No. Well, that's how it went. Right. You know, and so, so there's mm. something that needs to be understood about who God is in that moment. You know, that wow. it's going to carry, carries you in your marriage, in your ministry, and with your children. Yeah. You know, and that can just be said for all of you. There's something about God that you learned in that moment that, you know, you just, you got to go after. Got to go after. Yeah. Wow. And something, man, I, I didn't share this part of the story. And, and before we start recording, uh, you wanted to talk about the importance uh, of community, right? A, par- a major part of this story is that for for 16 years, my family, we never talked about my dad. Oh, my goodness. Um, wow. That's crazy. We just kept going on with life. We got back to work. Yeah. Um, after a week, everybody went back to work, yeah. how, how we talked about last week. Yeah. Wow. And we never... We were scared to even like touch that. I wish dad was like, that was never said until I get to college and I had some Christian friends. And I remember being at a coffee shop and they was like, hey, bro, you um, you never grieved your dad's death. I said, my dad been dead for 16 years. What you talking about? Well, yes, right, I have. Right. And they said, you never <laughs> grieved his death. I didn't know what that meant. A week later, I'm in line ordering food. The line was long. This man behind me, we just started small talking. He was like, man, oh, where are you from? What your mom do for a living? Oh, what about your dad? I said, oh, my dad died when I was seven. He said, I'm so sorry to hear that. And I said, no, it's okay. Like that's, That was my common reaction my entire life. It's okay. It's Don't be okay. sorry. And he snapped on me. He said, it's not okay. It's not okay that your dad died. It's not okay that seven-year-old boy grew up. Grow that is dead. Wow. And I was like, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm just trying to order my cheeseburger. That's right. And but at that point, like God sent Christians, brothers and sisters, and they they forced me to sit down and say, You need to grieve and deal with yeah. this and heal. Yeah. And I went down this this dark, lonely, every morning just waking up, sitting in my feelings. Mm. And what really was the blessing behind that, it allowed me to, in a sense, lead my mom and sister down this scary road of, mm. it's been 20 years, but my mom, but mom, you still haven't been to his gravesite. Mm. Let's go to his gravesite, mom. And, yeah. and we went for the first time for her, and it was just an emotional morning, just even waking up to brush my teeth was just emotional. Wow. And I was terrified to go with her. And when we got there, it was the most healing and wow. um, just great, great thing that we have done since he has died. Wow. Yeah, I think. Go ahead. Yeah, I think the idea of like um, grieving in community is so new for me. Yeah. Because uh, I think like, you know, when the funeral happened, like I said, my mom was one of five, and at that point, all five were alive. All my cousins, you know what I'm saying? So it was kind of like something that we do with family. But when all my cousins go back to Detroit, we just stop kind of talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny how community, members of your community, are sometimes in the church and sometimes they're not. So I remember, right. like my, like I said, he, he passed away in, in the fourth grade. My senior year, I had to write like this speech for my valedictorian speech, right? And my, and I'm not trying to brag, I promise. Oh, <laughs> it was a very small school. But um, don't downplay it, sis. You uh, smart. <laughs> my English teacher, though, 
my English teacher is the one that was like, I was like, I gotta, and she wasn't even my English teacher at the time, right? She was just like my English teacher from when I was younger. Um, and I was like, yeah, I don't know what I should write about. And she was like, so who's somebody that's really, really influenced your life a lot? I was like, my grandfather, but he's passed away. She was like, talk about your grandfather. And she like looked over my speech. And you know, like, I feel like I was able to process a little bit of it with my English teacher. She gave me the freedom, yeah. Yeah, she was like my English teacher in sixth and ninth grade, I think, and my cheerleading coach. Wow. And she was able to like help me. And I wrote this whole speech and like I was proud of my speech, you know what I'm saying? I felt like I honored him. And I think it was just nice for me to, because all the adults had that experience Yeah. um, at the funeral. So in the fourth grade, I wasn't going to get up and speak, you know what I'm saying? But even all those years later, being able to get up and talk about him and like tell some stories about him um, was really helpful. Really helpful. English teacher. That's fabulous. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I think um, always to be aware of in in your own life, but also the people that you're caring for, um, like, like you say, your grandfather. Now, in many ways, we just go, well, that was your grandfather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do, do you know, it has nothing to do, you know, like, like when I, particularly as we're getting older and someone's parents die, I never say, well, how old were they? It doesn't matter how old they were. Wow. It does yeah. not matter. It's all about the relationship. Yeah. And so your grandfather, that was the relationship, you know, and it's just, um, it's just an important thing to remember, you know, that, you know, when we're talking about um, friend grief, you know, it's just a huge thing. Well, we say, well, that was my friend. Oh, no, no, The friends are the family we get to choose, mm-hmm. you know. And so th- so those kinds of things are just so important to acknowledge, just the relationship, not not the label, you know, not the age. You know, it doesn't diminish it at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's good. You know, it. I think, too, and I've been thinking a lot lately, uh, I mean, my, you know, my grief of my mother dying in December, my stepfather dying four weeks later, and then my one of my top two, three best friends dying very unexpectedly. So it's very fresh in my life. But what I've seen, uh, one of the many things I'm seeing and realizing is how evil the devil <laughs> um, works against God in the in those mm-hmm. moments mm-hmm. Yeah. and why it's so important for us to take that ground back yeah and I love what you're saying you started out saying this is you know opportunity for us to do it differently and but it's also an opportunity for us to say okay we were lived in a time and in a community that didn't know how to deal with it mm-hmm. and we have wounds there but even mm-hmm. that, has gone into making us who we are mm-hmm. and therefore God's fingerprints are all over that, his presence and goodness. And I think of Adriana, your story, you know, why were you valedictorian? It was really because of an unhealthy, you know, model of grief. <laughs> that's right, God. That's exactly it. What the devil meant for evil, God meant for good. And and I look at my own life, you know, why am I in ministry? And why do I work so hard? And a lot of it goes back to the loss of my life and, you know, trying to cover that I'm not, you know, that I'm better than those feelings or I'm better than my trauma of my childhood. And, you know, so God redeems us even though we didn't get what we needed. Um, And yet we can still get what we need. I mean, I love your story, Sergi, of 
uh, how God put a man in a mm-hmm. burger line, you know, <laughs> to give you a word oh. after 16 years. I mean, wow, incredible. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, anybody? Uh, just I'm going to just throw yeah. this out there. So a cool thing about, I mean, Adrian, you hinted, no, you didn't hint, you, you said this, how, you know, your grandpa, um, Mr. Roosevelt, and then your uh, grandma have, you know, combine those two and you get your middle name. Mm-hmm. And even for my daughter, Grace, my only daughter, Grace, uh, she got my sister's middle name. And my youngest son, uh, Timothy, he has the name of one of my mentors, uh, the late Pastor Tim Russell, mm. who passed away mm-hmm. uh, a couple years ago due to um, some health complications around the COVID. I know Sir Gregory, you know, little Sir. Um, and so all of us, you know, just wow. even with the painful loss, that person still, in a way, mm-hmm. live on through yeah. the closest people in your life. That's right. And so... <laughs> So my wife, um, I think this, it, it could be cro- cross-cultural, but I think especially in a black uh, culture growing up, if your mama say your whole name, oh you in trouble. Oh, yeah. um, so yeah, sometimes yeah. my wife says my uh, my daughter whole name, you know, Grace Jarea Henderson, and my wife is like, I'm sorry. You know, I, I feel like I say her middle name when she in trouble. And, you know, that's I say, nah, but I love hearing, you know, my yeah. sister's yeah. name. Yeah. And my daughter, you know, she know that daddy had a sister and she passed away. But as she gets older, just keeping those memories alive, you know, bragging about my sister. And then even my sister has uh, a 70-year-old daughter now um, who was three at the time. So to your point, Sir Gregory, you were seven trying to navigate that. You too, Adriana. Um, And so I think about my niece, how she still has to deal with a lot when she was three years old. Wow. Um, and she only had three years worth of memories, if that, of my, of my, uh, of her uh, mother. And so, trying to really uh, pastor her in a sense and keep those memories alive, and mm-hmm. to tell her when you feel a sense of sadness, that's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Well, we could just keep going. Um, um, so, much yeah, so much to be said. So much to be said. Um, but I think what what we do want to communicate, and I think we've done it. Um, well is that uh, you're not alone Uh, wherever you are in your grief you're not alone and you've got a pastoral staff here Um, you've got four of us that you can tell can are going to be able to relate to where you are Uh, whether you need it today or you need it five years from now Um, uh, but Jackie I would love for you to just talk about you know just give us some resources what you're doing how people can join grief groups yeah so um you can find more about the work that I do through Christ Church, but really independently, too. Um, you can go to the website, newhopegriefcare.org. And on there, you will find um, more about the studies that we offer, the support groups that are available. But also on there, you'll find resources. You'll find um, some um, favorite podcasts that you can listen to that are you know, directed about grief, books. You know, people in grief always want to know what books to read. Right. And so we've got those. Um, we even have, and I've created this ministry with my friend Stacy Laho, who actually lives in Michigan, who I got to know after her son Cody, who was a friend of my son Courts at the age of 11, died tragically. And so mm. Stacy and I have been, we're, we're our grief soul friends with each other. Yeah. And so we've written just a six-week study, love for people to, um, 
please just be in touch. You can yeah. just, through the website, you can just get in touch with me. Um, but we even have um, Spotify lists for each of the weeks of our study, just music that goes along with the, with the study. So, um, but yeah, if you just want to um, just email me and then we can get in touch. And if you just want to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, I'm available for that. Um, the, the grief groups are amazing because there's something about in community, even when people don't know each other, that there's just, you just kind of watch people kind of be transformed before your very eyes. Mm. You know, that they're, you know, not that the grief goes away, but it just is transformed. Right. And, you know, right. that people just move forward. We, you know, they move forward with new hope that is an anchor for their soul. Yeah, so please, please um, be in touch. Yeah. And what is your uh, email address? So you can reach me at Jackie, so that's J-A-C-K-Y, at newhopegriefcare.org. All right. Well, good, good. And I, uh, so thank you so much. Can't thank you enough um, for your availability and um, expertise. And uh, thank you, staff, for all being vulnerable. Uh, very meaningful. I feel like some healing in my own heart has happened around the table. And uh, so um, we pray that for our congregation and anyone listening as well. Well, this wraps up uh, our two sessions on grief, and uh, we'll be back soon. Sergi, you got something on your mind, I can tell. I just got to, you know, benedict us with the last and words. I know in grief sometimes we get too, we jump too fast to the hope. But oh my, in, in, in richer words, one day, someday. Amen. Amen. Come on now. Come one on day, now. someday. One day, someday. That's all I got.